Stop wasting your club's money. Boo is Ireland's newest sportswear company offering high quality custom teamwear for all sporting clubs at the most competitive price on the market. Turn your kit into cash with Boo Sportswear and support your club's next big fundraiser. To find out more, check out booakit.com or follow Boo Sportswear on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 35, I am delighted to be joined by University of Wyoming junior Owen Nelson. This is another episode of our Green Army Broad series as we chat to Owen about his path to the States, junior college, the recruiting process, learning from teammates and so much more. I really enjoyed chatting to Owen, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Owen, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Hi, perfect, thank you for having me. So before we get into everything, uh, I suppose, would you be able to give a little bit of background uh, to yourself, to the listeners? Uh, my name's Owen Nelson. I play basketball at the University of Wyoming. I'm from Dublin, Ireland, and I've been in America for the last two years. Very good. You haven't lost the accent yet, Owen. That seems to be a theme. All the Irish people have still have their accents. No one wants to lose it. <laughs> Who wants to lose an accent? No one wants to lose it. Very true. So kind of going back to growing up, um, you have an interesting background in sport. Your coach mentioned you played rugby, GA, like Gaelic football, and hurling a bit of soccer. When did you get involved with basketball, or was that maybe at a later stage? So I didn't get involved. Like when I was younger, I played a bit, but like I wasn't like serious, serious about it. Like it was just like you did it just more to get out of class type stuff. Like. <laughs> Absolutely. If anyone's listening and they don't agree, you're lying. <laughs> nah, everyone plays sport to get out of class. I don't want to hear anything else. Um, but until I, I grew when like when I was growing up, I was my cousin was always big into basketball. Uh, Sean Stack, like he was always big into it. So like I always had like some sort of interest in it. And then uh, I got to like sixteen. I was tall enough. I can't. I don't know how tall, but I'm guessing like above like six four, six eight, okay. probably around that. So I was tall enough, and uh, him and then a few of my mates in school, they were just like, they just pushed me. They were just like, you might as well just give it a shot. Like, mm-hmm. what's the worst that could happen from it? And they they pushed me towards it, and like ever since then, I just fell in love with it. I went to practice with uh, one of my coaches who used to go to my school. He was he now coached at UCD Marion, so okay. like, I was, already had that connection there. So I went to practice there. And I just, it just started to all click, like everything just started to work out for me. Okay, interesting. And did you notice the benefit of having the other sports? I know you only, pick, you only picked up basketball at 16, but did you notice, even up to now, do you feel like ha- playing the other four sports, you picked up other things, or maybe you were able to pick up some things of basketball a little bit quicker? Oh, yeah, no, it definitely helps a lot. Like, it really does. Like, I'd recommend to anyone, like, as a young child, just, like, yeah, you could focus on one sport, but playing multiple sports, they all like end up tying in together. Like, there's a lot of connecting bits. Like, from like Gaelic, you you have the whole like keeping your head up, like Gaelic and hurling, like knowing to keep your head up, look for your other teammates. Like, rugby adds the whole physical factor to it. Like, hurling and Gaelic would do the same, but like I was more focused on Gaelic than I was hurling. So like okay. that was like that's where like the bouncing of the ball just became like a natural thing. Like it wasn't something that was really awkward like where the ball would bounce off my shoe or anything you're already used to bouncing it so like yeah. it all, they all slowly tie in like there's different factors like the footwork is in basketball is very different but at the same time it's like similar like you have like your four steps in Gaelic all you have to do is just cut that down to two steps which is mm-hmm. like it's it's not as hard as people would really think like yeah, definitely. I'm interested to hear then. So you're 16 starting basketball and then you ended up playing for Ireland. Talk about bridging that gap from, yes, you had a sporting background, but from picking up a new sport to represent in your country. Obviously, that took a huge amount of work. Uh, yeah, that's that's honestly probably my greatest achievement as a basketball player, being able to represent Ireland twice. But uh, to get to that stage, I was playing basketball for a couple months and... Uh, I was told through some of the lads on the team that uh, there was like a tryout for like the East Regional team or East Leinster team or something. Like I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it was, 
but I went to trial for that. And then I got called back for another trial. It was in, I remember it was, we was finished practice and we went up to Dublin Lions in Clondalkin for the trial. And I got called back for another one. And it just, like, I, I wasn't, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't helpful going into the, the initial trial. I was just like, I've been playing basketball for whatever, like three months. Like, I'm not really that helpful. But I went there, got called back for another trial. I got to the East team. And then from that, there was an Irish trial. So I was like, okay, I made one team. Let's see if I can make another. Yeah. And then from the Irish trial, I just, I just worked my ass off, really. That's the easiest way to put it. Like, I was, I was very determined to make out. Like, I seen I could make one team. So I said, there's like, it's a big step. But at the same time, in terms of basketball, it's not that big a step. Like, you still use the same skills. You're playing against slightly better people just from across the country. Like, why can't I do this? So that's, yeah. that's really it. Like, I just worked my ass off. I was in the mm-hmm. gym on weekends with the coach trying to just get my fitness there, try to fix my diet and just make myself a better player. Brilliant. Where do you think my, that mentality came from of kind of going in with, it kind of sounds like no fear as in I'm going to take on whoever, even though I've only played the sport a couple of months, I'm going to go for the Irish team. That was just, like, like it was just kind of my thing my whole life. Like my cousin Sean, like he always put that attitude in towards me. Like I used to do uh, summer camps and he used to like run them. I used to just be a little kid. And like mm-hmm. even when I was there, like he was, it was always he was always pushing me to do more, like just be a better player. From like Gaelic and hurling and rugby, it's just like if I'm scared, what's the point of me playing? Like. Mm-hmm. If you play with fear, you're not going to achieve much. Like someone's just going to be able to take advantage of you. So why play with fear? Why be scared of someone else? So that was, that. Just, that was just my whole mindset. Just don't be scared of anyone else. That's brilliant. And was that tryout, that Irish team, what year was that and what age group would that have been? That would have been under 18s. I'd say, I want to say it was later in 2016, 2017. So I think okay. we were in Kosovo in 2018. Okay, and did you make that, from that first trial, did you make the squad or was it a little bit later that you got to? Uh, so I kept going through the cuts. So like we started out in King's Hospital, made it through the cuts. We like went to Oblitz and all that, like just kept going through cuts, cuts. And then uh, it came like a couple of months before we left for Kosovo Day and I was like the final 12 and I, I made that team. So like there was just, there was several cuts. We went to Wales as well. I got to play my first international game there. And then they made a cut after that and I continued to just get through the cuts. And um, what was that? I'm, inter- I'm interested to hear the learning kind of coming from that original trial to Kosovo. What were the biggest things that you learned, whether it's from your position, just overall about the game? It was honestly like, it was probably just being able to get a better feel for the game. Like, because like, at the time, like I was like, really fresh into basketball. Like I didn't have the best feel but it's being able to read if one person does a certain action what my reaction to that should be like mm-hmm. I still like I can't lie I still don't have like the best feel but over the years I've kept like trying to watch film try to watch like why I did such a thing or why they did such a thing just to learn from that so that mm-hmm. was like that was my biggest factor was just trying to learn why like players do certain things and how I should react to that yeah and um, out of interest who would you watch film wise are you obviously you might get a chance to watch yourself but is there any particular players that you would watch and try learn from um i watched the like there was like just some clips on youtube just european players but that's like that just come up from europe that was like the main thing but then like in terms of like the nba like if you're watching like the older players like carl malone like that was like he was a big one like or even like Chris Kamen, like the caveman, like just watching him, just like traditional post players who were just able to like expand on their game. Mm-hmm. That would be like more of my style. Like, yeah, like everyone wants to shoot the ball, but at the same time, like you need someone to play inside. You don't need everyone outside in the perimeter. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm interested to hear then going to Kosovo. What was it like? I know you got to play in Wales as well, but what's that like getting your first cap in Wales and then going to your first European championships? <sighs> probably the best experience of my life again yeah. like just getting to wear that irish jersey and just line up for the first time like for the national anthem it was just probably like just knowing you made that final 12 team it's probably the best experience like one of the best experiences of my life just yeah. with a play out there like yeah i had my first cap in wales and that was a great honor but like knowing that 
I now represent my country on like a whole European stage playing against like Malta, Monaco, like all that. Just getting to just do that was just a, it was a great honor, honestly. Did it kind of expand your mind and your kind of outlook on the sport playing against that time in Wales and then playing against the countries you mentioned where you're kind of getting to see another style of, of the game, kind of expanding your whole view of the sport really? Yeah, it was like a really expanded it, like getting to see how other players play, like the drills like they do, how they like get implemented into a game, like just seeing how their style of play, because some teams, they're like, they have a lot of smaller players, so they like to play quick. Other teams have more of like a set structure, so they'll slow the ball down. They always like to set it up. It was just, it was interesting because coming from Ireland, like we don't have all like those like, big man of talent like we have a lot of talented players but when you get a play against other european countries it's just completely different like to see the talent they have but they have players who can jump out of the gym but they might not be able to dribble a basketball but yeah you have to be aware of that because they can back cut you at any stage like even if they can't dribble they can back cut you because they're quick so you just have to be always watching just for different people's play styles mm-hmm. so i heard someone describe I think it was European or American players and they were like it's athletes playing basketball rather than basketball players playing basketball do you know what I mean yeah like yeah that's that's a big thing like there's like, you have people who have played multiple sports growing up like they like so they are they're able to implement like the small things from different sports like mm-hmm. you don't always have to just have a basketball mindset like if you played other sports growing up but you're able to see things differently know things in a different way so you're able to put them into basketball mm-hmm, totally and was it that stage at the european championships that the idea kind of came into your head of i could potentially go to the states or was it maybe earlier that you mentioned your coach who went to the university of wyoming was that the stage maybe a little bit when you were a little bit younger um so i actually didn't like it was always the goal like when I found out I was like able to like play basketball at some sort of decent level it was a goal to go to the States but at the time it didn't seem like really realistic like I was still fresh into the game like I was still trying to learn I didn't have many like like contacts or anything over over abroad but it was when uh, we started to try out for the 20s Dara actually put me in contact with a guy called Brandon Global so he, he was a big connection with Daryl Sullivan, put me in contact with him. He was like a big connection for me. Like he reached out to coaches. He made a little short clip from my Kosovo, like Euros, and he sent it out to coaches and they all started to reach out to me. And it was at that stage, I was like, okay, maybe this is, could really be an opportunity for me. Okay. And what kind of coaches were getting in contact? Was it prep schools? I know you went to junior college. Was yeah. there any maybe D3 skills that were, or D2 even? So it was prep schools and JUCOs were really like the main ones that were getting in contact. And like after speaking to like I really thought like prep might be like a go-to just because I didn't know much about junior college. And I knew yeah. kind of about prep schools, like because I knew Aiden and Max were already over here. They were already in like a high school. So I was like, I'll probably be similar. But uh, like it was junior college and I talked to Brandon. He was just, he was like, trust me, junior college is the way to go. Like, Prep schools don't always give a full scholarship, so I didn't. Okay. I didn't always want to like. It wasn't something that I couldn't do, but I didn't want to just fork out money for something that I didn't necessarily need to do. Yeah. So I decided I was just like, okay, yeah, like junior college. If I get a full scholarship to go there, it's something that I can I can do that for a year. And it was my whole goal after I found out junior college. I was like. I'm dedicated. I'm like determined. I only want to spend one year in junior college. That was it. I only want to spend. Okay. Okay. And how does, because I know if you do the two years, you get the, is it associate's degree? So how does that work out in terms of the academics then with just the one year? So my academics still transferred over. So it just counted as me technically just doing a freshman year in university. So it just, okay. so my academics still like transferred over. Uh, all of them still went over. Like, I was just, I didn't get any degree necessarily. I didn't get an associate of arts degree, but I still like had credits that still like transferred over as me just doing a freshman year in college. Okay, that makes sense. So you went to Otero, I think I'm saying yeah. that right, Otero Junior College in Colorado. What stood out with them? Because there was a couple of other schools probably in contact. Yeah, so 
it was honestly just like the relationship but like a, a big thing for me with recruitment is the relationship you can build with a coach like the relationship i built with cole dewey and coach tao like zach tao like there was just they were very like responsive like they didn't necessarily like try to sugarcoat everything like they straight up told me they were just like look you're de- you're still developing as a basketball player there are a lot of things you're good at but like these are things that you really are bad at we need like we can help you become better at this and that was like big i didn't like so i didn't want the whole sugarcoating thing coming from a coach where it's like oh you're perfect you're like our dream player and i didn't want that i wanted straight honesty and that's what they gave me and like i'm not saying other coaches didn't do that but just the way they did it like the way they wanted to know me as a person like they wanted to know about ireland they wanted to know about the family like it was a big thing for me yeah i'm interested to hear what were those things that they kind of said we need to work on and you obviously improved on them during your time at Otero? It was it was just being able to read the ball coming off rebounds. Like I've I haven't become like an extremely well good rebounder, but I've definitely become better ever since I started playing. So it's reading the ball coming off the rim on rebounds, being able to position myself better when I play basketball, position myself better on screens, get my footwork better, get my speed better. It was just all those little things that like you know you need to work on, but they can help you work on it. How did they do that? Was that mostly through in-person stuff on the court or was there a lot of video on that? How did they really nail those things down? So, yeah, I so a lot of the time we'd go in in the morning because uh, before school or maybe just before practice, because we'd have practice later in the afternoon. It's just how it worked at junior college. I would go in in the morning and we do like an hour, 45 minutes of like an individual session where they just do these drills. Like they'd, they'd have me doing backboard taps, just working on my athleticism, just backboard taps and finishing on the other side of the rim or they just throw it off the rim and I'd have to be able to read it and go get the rebound, just being on my toes and just being able to jump and react to it. Just a lot, it was a lot of like basic boring stuff, but like you can never get boring of the fundamentals. Like, yeah de- absolutely and I'm interested to hear you were doing the individual workouts what was the schedule like then with the team and kind of in season how did that all work so in season for us we'd have like our classes in the morning and depending like when your classes start like some people like would have maybe three classes from like 8 a.m to like 12 and it, some people might only have one class that day it starts at 11 it all depends so we have our classes and then you might have your individual like in between like a break. If you had a break from 10 to 11, you might do an individual session in there with a coach. But mm-hmm. we do that. Then we'd have lunch. We'd practice maybe about two or one, depending like on what the court like schedule was like then. So we'd have women's basketball and we'd have volleyball all using the same court. Okay. It was all dependent on that. And then from there, we'd practice for an hour and a half. Like we'd get some drills in, we'd play a bit. And it was just, that was really the session. And then we'd go back later that night and just get your own shots up, get whatever you need, get an ice bath if you needed to do it. Like just get some recovery. And what was it like adapting to the US style or what they were running in the junior college? It was a shock. Like everyone talked at the pace of the game like it's like oh it's a quick game it's a quick game but like you can never really picture what it's going to be like I played with I'd say probably some of the quickest guards in the like region or conference I played in like wow. they, they were quick like and it was just being able to react to what they do because they want to push the ball they want to get up on the court so you have to be able to run with them I yeah took me took me like a month or so just get like because the elevation coming from Dublin you're like maybe most 500 feet i went to colorado which is four and a half thousand it's a big elevation so getting my lungs adapted to that like it was it took about i wouldn't say a month it probably took about two three weeks probably just to get my lungs ready and then unfortunately when i was starting to get my feet under me i had a bone bruise in my foot so it ruled me out for the first six weeks of season oh sugar yeah, so that was like, it was a big bummer when that happened. But like after that, they had like the right rehab. They had me running on the treadmill. They had me like doing the right stuff, making sure my foot would be stable. 
and after that it was just hit the floor running again so it was all good okay cool i'm interested to hear it sounds like a really good experience because as they're like kind of like there's this perception of oh i don't want to go to junior college do you know that kind of way it's yeah. like oh that's just that's just people who, who can't make college can you speak about that a little bit i i think that's the biggest joke people who say they don't want to go to junior college like obviously everyone's goal is to get like a scholarship to university but I played with lads in junior college, like Jonah, who's gone to IUPUI, Ray, who transferred from Idaho State to UIC. I have Ramon, who is who had offers from Texas Tech and West Virginia, who's now at Long Beach State. Like I played with some top level players. Like junior college doesn't mean like you can't play basketball. There is some serious players there. Like we had the leading scorer in all the junior college in our conference, Teddy Allen, who went who transferred from West Virginia to Wichita, to junior college, and who went to Nebraska. Like, there's some serious players at a junior college level. It's just, it's not always because you can't play basketball. There's a lot of other factors that tie into why people go to junior college. So I I think for if you can get to any level of college, whether it's D1 to junior college or NAIA, it doesn't matter. You're at college level. Just take it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Because it's kind of like, it's kind of, D1 or bust sort of thing that's that's a joke honestly that's a joke like college basketball is college basketball you have players like Duncan Robinson who's in the NBA right now started off at a D3 like it doesn't mean anything if you could play basketball you're going to be found like they're going to find you dead right I think there was a team recently was it division was it Division Two that beat Division One or was Division Three that beat Division Two yeah I can't remember who it was but it just shows like yeah, it just shows just because Division Two doesn't mean they can't no. play. Like, there's some serious players at the level. Like, it's just different factors tying. Maybe for some reason, coming out of high school, you didn't get the looks you were meant to get. But it doesn't yeah. mean like just because you're not playing at Division One level, you can't play basketball. Like, I know lads like who I went to junior college with, who I played against at junior college, who can really play basketball, but because of reasons like academics, they just can't go Division One doesn't mean that they're not going to be pros it doesn't mean they're not going to make a hundred grand someday in their life they just didn't get the luck to go to division one because of different reasons exactly out of interest uh last chance you what's that like is it was it how comparable was it to actually being in junior college did they do a good job or was it quite kind of drop for the cameras that's that's the crazy thing like last chance you like it's a bit of both like okay like college out in la for junior college or like california in general like they don't have any sports scholarships so i was like but all i think the majority of the rest of america and most states do have sports scholarships for a junior college level Mm -hmm. like the crazy thing was like last chance you we have a coach who actually was at long beach state who just came here this year he coached joe hampton when he transferred to long beach state and he said, the stuff you see on Last Chance You is just, it's like, it's for audience appeal. Like some of yeah. it's true, but like the way they made Joe out to be sometimes where he's spazzing out and all that, like they do that just because like it draws people in. Like, yeah, yeah you, you'll have moments where you spaz out and stuff, but it's not as serious as they make it out to be. But there are, like, yeah, but the troubles that come with it, like where you see like they're, where they are like they watch film in a classroom like this, that's that's a normal thing like you don't have these big things like for film and all that like a lot of the time you you'd sit down in the court and you maybe wheel out a little tv to watch it like there's no film room yeah like we have a film we're like we're blessed here at this university to have a big film room for us to watch film in but like the stuff like that is it's 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 accurate for points but other points like they just blow it out of proportion just because it it entices viewers to watch it yeah yeah that's what i was thinking it was still a good series oh no if anyone's listening it was it was really good but as you said sometimes take take it with a little bit of pinch of salt sometimes yeah yeah yeah, like this stuff in it that like definitely like 100 accurate like the way like you'd have like coaches freaking out but that happens at any level Mm, you'd have people like running like punching lines like what happens like if you mess up like it's not taken lightly mm-hmm. like yeah and there's some stuff that's just it's, it's a bit like it's a bit of an exaggeration but it makes it interesting so why not do it 
yeah it's good tv so i'm interested to hear you had offers then from uh boys state florida gulf coast montana state and wyoming where you were when did those offers start to come in and at the time when you were in junior college when did you realize division one was was like a realistic goal so when i first got here like a couple months into it we went to play at things called jamborees which is kind of like junior college aau like okay you go to like uh an event center they'd have like six courts and you'd have you'd have games like you just play against other junior colleges and college coaches would all be there watching you mm-hmm. but from that, that that was probably my first realistic look at it I was just like, when some coaches, they came to talk to me after a game where they talked to my coach and he told them they were looking at me. I was like, I was thinking, okay, this is going to be serious. But I already had that mindset going in. I was just like, this is my goal. I only want to spend one year at junior college. I have no problem going to junior college for two years, but I wanted to get like the most of playing at the university over here. So that was like my goal. And then, so I played in two jamborees, two or three maybe. And after that, after the last one, it was around end of October is when I messed up my foot. And okay. that's like a foot injury for a big player. Is, it's, it's not taken lightly with coaches like you because mm-hmm. you put a lot of weight in your feet. So then, unfortunately, I lost a lot of coaches. Like coaches stopped talking to me. Like at the start, okay. they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're still interested in you. We, we're, we want to make sure and they were checking up on me. But then slowly they all started to fade away. And then okay. my, I was just, I was just like, okay. So I was just very determined when I was in my rehab that I had to prove them all wrong. Like, if you don't want to talk to me when I'm injured, then I don't want to be like part of your university. Yeah. So, How frustrating is it when they're like, just kind of not giving up on you, but just not interested anymore? I was frustrating, but at the same time, you learn, like, you, you learn the college is a business over here. Like, you're trying to make money. So why would you put all your, like, uh, all your stuff in one bag when you don't know if that player's ever going to be the same again? So, yeah. like, it was very frustrating, but I could also understand, like, they're, like, they're thinking as business people. Like, they could lose their job next week if they something goes wrong, like. Yeah, it was college is a big like it's a big business over here. So it was, I understood, but yeah, it was very frustrating at the time. But I was just mm. trying to work my way back, prove them all wrong. Like that, I could, like yeah, you you might want to leave now, but at the same time, you're just going to miss out. Yeah, and those skills that I mentioned, they were obviously some of the ones that had kept in contact. Yeah, they, during that period of time, they kept in contact and they like stayed around. It was. They didn't necessarily talk to me all the time, but my coach was telling me they were still like looking at me. They were always asking about my progress, which was like, it was, it wasn't as serious, like, as I think some of them thought, but like, Mm -hmm. I understand why, like they thought that way, but yeah, they'd reach out to me like maybe once a week, twice a week, just ask how I'm doing. Like it was nothing major. It was just like a little text here and there, but like that went a long way. Just knowing that they still like didn't give up hope and all that was really good. Yeah, definitely. And it kept you obviously going with your injury. Right. And as determined as you were, I'm sure the text messages did help. Oh, no, they definitely helped. Like, it definitely showed that I still had a chance to play at a Division One level. So that was great. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear about the kind of relationship you have with a coach and the recruiting process. How, What kind of questions do you ask the coach and what do they ask you? And how do you kind of develop that relationship and kind of figure out, right, I'm interested in this school or I might not be interested in this school? So, I actually, when you sent, when you were showing me the questions you were going to ask, I was trying to look for the questions I actually wrote down that I used to ask coaches. Like, I can't remember all of them off the top of my head. Oh, no worries. No problem. I couldn't find it because I must have deleted the notes thing I had on my phone. But, like, I was like, questions like, how do you see me fitting into your system? Like, what, why are you recruiting me? Like, what reason, like, do you have to recruit me? Like, it was just like, it was straightforward questions. It was just like, okay, if I go to your school, how can you make me a better player? Like, you have this player who already plays my position. Why do you need me? Like, it was just yeah. straightforward. Like, it wasn't necessarily like, I don't want to go to your school questions, but it was, I wanted them to be honest with me and like, okay, we need you for this. Like, your role on this team is going to be this. Like, it was just mm-hmm. straightforward, honest questions. And then, 
it was just a big part. Like it was just getting to know me as a person. Like I, because I'm around these coaches more than like anyone else. Like I'm, you go like today. I got to the facility at eight thirty. I didn't leave till one thirty to come here. Like to come back. Mm. Other than that, I'd be at that facility probably till two or three. Like, wow. you're you're around those coaches all the time. Like you watch film with them. You need to be able to be able to talk to about them some other than basketball. So when they was recruiting me, like being able to talk to them about like personal stuff, like like with my family, like how important my family is to me, like what home is like, what like I'm looking for in a university that would like kind of compare it to home. Like it was just stuff yeah. like that. Like it was just it was it wasn't always basketball. It was just being able to actually have a conversation. And even when like some coaches called like they, we didn't always talk basketball like yeah. just they just asked me how my day was going like how school was and we just talk about stuff like that and then they tell me how their day was like it wasn't always straight basketball like it was just they just called just to chat like and it was that was that was really big but yeah yeah I didn't want them just as a basketball player I wanted like me as a person like, yeah yeah I love that I'm interested here like very mature questions and very mature explanation there how did you did you reach out to anyone about the process did you get advice at all or was that just yeah so I did I reached out like so the guy who was helping me came over here in the first place Brandon Global I, I stay in contact with him all the time he's he's been a great help even when I was actually choosing division one university he was great help for that but mm. I asked him like I was like straight up I was just like look I want to know what questions I should be asking coaches. Like I knew in my head some, and he told me some others. Connor Meany as well. Like he was big help. Like he's always been a big help throughout my whole career. Even when I started playing basketball, I had a great relationship with him. And then I just reached out to like a couple of the other lads who were over here. Like I just asked them, like, what, what should I do? Like, what should I be looking for in a university? So I knew personally what I should look for, but at the same time, they're able to like tell me stuff they look for when they went to college like yeah what were those little things that they advised you on out of interest there was one big thing for me which is what i was already looking for there they're saying just look for somewhere that's going to be a family like okay somewhere that's going to be very close in it because if you have a team that's always fighting with each other you're not going to win anything or if you have yeah. a coaching staff that's like that's separated so like you, yeah this coach only wants to associate with his point guards it's just not mm-hmm. gonna work out like so that that was that's a great thing that this university have like the whole coaching staff is together all the players are together and everyone mixes like if i have a question i want to ask like sundance wicks who would take the point guards i, I could ask mm-hmm. him to tell me or if i wanted to ask ken Deweese, who recruited me he's not my positional coach but he recruited me to come here i could ask him. like it's just like it's a, that was a big thing for me. Someone that like a coaching staff that would act like a family in a university that was like it's just together. Out of interest, you mentioned you like you were in contact with other people and you had all your questions. Looking back to it would have been probably a year, year and a half ago, is there anything you would change or would you ask now with the experience you've had the past year? Um I I did ask this question to a couple of colleges just because like I did get injured the year before so like and I'd probably ask it again if I was ever getting recruited even if I wasn't injured it was just what would you do if I got hurt like okay like that that was a big thing so what like what are you going to do if I get hurt like are you just going to throw me aside or what are you going to do because I know like just from you hear stories about some players who like knock on wood like tear their ACL or something like they're just mm. aside like yeah the college takes care of them but as soon as they recovered like they transfer like they're done yeah. that was a big thing I was just I said what if I get hurt again what are you going to do how are you going to react okay yeah I understand so you went to Wyoming you became the 32nd division one player from Ireland looking back to when you were 16 picking up a basketball that must have been I know you were saying like playing for Ireland was one of your biggest achievements but what was that like actually signing and being like I'm a division one player it was it was great like it was like I couldn't like I had a lot of like inner excitement like my like, whole body was like jittery like when I was coming down to my final two schools like my planet state on my own like it was just I honestly like my dreams coming up to then was just like it was just thinking about playing on the division one stage 
by having a crowd just around you, like stepping on that court as a Division One player. Like, yeah. No matter how long it lasts, like uh, no one can take that away from me. I played Division One basketball. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm interested to hear then. When did you sign? Because was that after, like, was that after COVID kick up, kicked off? And how quick from when you signed did you get to go to Wyoming? So I went home in March, just before Paddy's Day. Okay. Uh, when COVID first started, I went home then because the junior college closed. So I, I went home and I was still getting recruited when I was at home. I was still talking to the coaches. Okay. And so I was home over then. And that's, that's when like, I, I was like, okay, I like, I can't go on any visits to these schools. I, in my head, I was like, okay, I need to start like, I can't be messing around. I need to start like closing down what schools I actually want to go to. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time I was just I was like Montana State and Wyoming were like they seemed like the best fits for me just as a mm-hmm. player and just how the coaching staff were. So I started to close that down. I think I signed around uh April, May around that. Okay. That's when and I you didn't get to go on any visits then? No, to I got anywhere. No visits. I was meant to go on a visit to Boise before COVID really became serious. Okay. I unfortunately like when we were planning the visit COVID started kicking off and the NCAA said they st- they're stopping all visits okay okay and then so you signed in kind of May time when did you get to actually go over to the States then again after the summer it must have been late enough was it or yeah I got to go over I'd say got to go over probably like maybe like 20th of July so I, okay. I don't think I've even been here like a full year, maybe just before that. Well, I haven't been here a full year yet. And so what I did was I had to go to Croatia because they were banning flights from Ireland and different parts of Europe. Oh, yeah. I went to, I went to Croatia for a week and a bit. That was thanks to Matt and Yanana. They all told me that that's the route they were taking to go over. So I was like, okay, if that route works, I'm going to do the same. So I went over there. We all stayed around Dubrovnik area. We always just chilling out together. And like went from there, came over. And when I got here, I'd say it was probably around the 20th of July. Mm-hmm. I stayed in quarantine for about two weeks here. Stayed like a week in the dorms and then like a week up in my gaff here in the apartment. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was like my quarantine for two weeks. And then after that, so I probably... Started practice like the beginning of August. It was like around my first practice. And what was it like getting on the plane in Croatia to come to Wyoming that you've never you hadn't been there before? I'd say it was scary enough. Oh yeah, no, it was it was it was scary. It was wasn't scary, scary, but like it was. I was nervous. I was just like, was like I'm not going to be home for a long time now. Like yeah, I'm, like this is this is the last time I'm going to be in Europe. Like all that, like. uh well, so yeah, getting on the plane, it was like, I was really excited. So I was like, can't wait to just land. Like when I, I get to Wyoming, that's going to be my new home. It's yeah. It's going to be a new place for me. I was, I was really excited. I was just going to say, out of interest, apart from family and friends, what do you miss most about home? Food. Food. Yeah, that's what everyone seems to be saying that. Food. Like, it's, it's good over here, but it's just not home. It's just not mom's cooking. Okay, like, okay. Not, you wouldn't get, not a takeaway or anything, no? I like I love I love a spice bag. I really would. <laughs> I love a spice bag with some fish and chips. <laughs> Do you show the lads some of the food and some of the stuff we have at home? Actually, have you showed them GA yet or anything? Yeah, I, I showed them all clips of GA. They all think it's a load of bollocks, but whatever. <laughs> I think it's, they think it's, they're like, what is this? They, they don't they don't understand. Like they're just like, so is it baseball? Is it lacrosse? <laughs> I'm just saying, it's hurling that's what it is it's better it's better than all of that it's interesting yeah absolutely absolutely so I'm inter- so you started training then around august what's that like going from let's say training in ireland then juco then division one what give us a bit of insight really into the standard that's held over there so not to say that like practices back home aren't intense or practices at juco aren't intense but like this this year was a whole different level like we'd be like because 
I'm like we don't like back home there's not many lift like you don't lift or anything like that as a team very regularly like some teams do it at the Super League level or maybe at the National League level like some teams would do it at Juco we did it a bit like it wasn't serious like we'd maybe have a couple weight sessions a week but here like you lift like every day before practice nearly and then like you have an optional lift on a Saturday and like you're like you're already bollocks after the lift and coming in to do an hour and a half, two hour practice, maybe two and a half some days, depending on how coach feels. Like it's it's no joke. Like your legs are cooked, like your upper body's done, like your shoulders, you're trying to make a shot and you you've just just been lifting with your shoulders, like doing a shoulder press, your shoulders are done. Like, yeah. It's 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 great, but when I first got introduced to that, I was like, God, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this. Yeah out of interest what got you through those really like tough sessions where you're like jesus like i don't know if i can finish i wanted to stay at this level i wanted to play basketball like that was the main thing like i love to lift i love to play basketball like i love the whole aspect of all that like we have probably in my opinion the best strength coach here like he's mm. like his knowledge for everything like he's more than strength like he knows like all the muscles in your body how to treat them like if you say you're hurting he'll adapt the lift. Like he'll change the lift so you don't like strain that muscle. Like you still like build muscle around that area, but you don't strain that certain muscle. Like he's, wow. So that was like my big like thing getting through. It was just like, I wanted to play basketball. Like, and this is, I knew at any like division one level, this is what most teams do. They lift and they play. Hmm. But like other teams might not do it as intense, but I didn't want any easy way out. Like I wanted to be pushed. I want to become the best player I can be. So I didn't want to take any easy way out. Class, I love that. Um, out of interest, then going into your first year, this so you just finished your first year, which is your sophomore year because of the yeah. junior college. Um, what's it? What was your role on the team, and how did you approach that role? Um, so my role on the team was just. It was honestly just to be a big inside, like to set screens, to get my like my other teammates open, to get rebounds. That was that was my biggest role in the team. Like it's just like yes, scoring comes to it, but at the same time, like you can't win a game if you just score. Like you need to stop the other team from scoring. Mm-hmm. Like so, like is you're not going to make every basket, but if you can stop the team the other team then you can win the game and that was like a big thing they wanted me to be able to just stop other players from scoring just become active like just become the most active player on the court and that's what they tell me every day and that's why I'm trying to like become to that player where I'm the most active like I don't get tired if they need me to play 20 minutes a game I can play 20 minutes if they need me to play 40 I can play 40 mm-hmm. I, I need to just be active and always on my feet being able to just adjust to everything that happens so that was like my and how do you how do you build not only being active physically but being mentally switched on for you say is it if it's going to be 20 minutes 40 minutes five minutes 10 seconds how do you really keep sharp and keep focus in the moment just honestly just watch the game just see like where one player made a mistake how you can not make that same mistake it's always just watching the game it's it's learning every time you watch it like like, I think we have probably one of the best offensive bigs in the probably in the country in Graham EK this year. Like, so just playing against him in practice every day, watching what he does, watching why he makes a certain thing. It's just you always your brain's always like just going, going, going. Like you you take one second off, you don't know what's happening because if coach says something or for whatever reason before that play happens, someone gets injured and your name's called, you weren't paying attention. You're done. So yeah. you're always listening to what coach is saying. He draws up a play in a huddle. Like even if you're not playing, you know what your position's meant to do. Just in case mm-hmm. for whatever reason he calls you to go in and he's like, okay, I need you to do the exact same thing. Like yeah. you always have to stay active. You're always just getting ready. You're always just paying attention. And honestly, playing at this level and watching the team play, you can never fall asleep. It's just exciting to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Out of interest then in terms of the video analysis side of things and scouting other teams, what's that like and how often do you do it and how much work is put into that side of things? Oh, serious amount of work is put into it. Like we'd have 
breakdowns on every player. Like it doesn't matter if they play one minute a game or if they're playing right. four minutes. We'd have a breakdown of every player, what their tendencies are, what they like to do when they get on the court, what they like to do and have the ball in their hands. And we'd have a breakdown on every single player. And like we'd be watching film, like when it came into season, we'd watch film, like we'd watch and play maybe game, a game and a half. Like we'd actually watch a full game, like as a team. And then you go in with your coach and he'd have little clips of the players that play in your position so you can see what they like to do. And then yeah. we'd get together as a team and then we'd watch the player breakdowns and they'd give us out a little sheet with the player on it and then bullet points of their breakdown. Like, so if they're right-handed, they might like to take two dribbles to the right and pull up. Or if they're left-handed, they'll never like go to the basket on their right. They'll only pull up on their right. Like it's just okay. little things like that. Okay, they're the little small details yeah, that they are oh, the coaches here. Like honestly, they're crazy, but in the best way possible. Like <laughs> they're crazy in the best. And it's so far, who's been your toughest opponent, whether it's on your own team or the opposition? So I'd say the toughest opponent I've played against because like, unfortunately this year again I got injured, missed like oh, seven, sugar. Yeah, I missed seventeen games or something this year. So it's been it was a bit of a bummer, but I think the toughest opponent we probably played when I was there was Oregon State, who actually I think made it to the Elite Eight of the NCAA mm. tournament this year. Yeah, so they were like, very they got they did very well in the tournament. They were a serious team, like and to beat them on their home court was like it was huge. It was a big win for us. Like that's a Pac twelve team, that's a power five, like that's what every player who plays any sport in America dreams of doing is going to a power five school and we've got to beat them. So I'd say that was probably the toughest when I was playing. Individually, is there anyone that's stood out during your time, whether junior college or uh, Wyoming? Individually? Um, I'd say someone that like, really stood out to me, like it wouldn't be an opposition, but it'd be someone on my own team, like Graham, like I said it already, like he's probably one of the best offensive players, like at the bigs position in the country. Like he's, I think he's like 18, 19 years old. And, like his, just his mind for the game is crazy. Like his, okay. like, he, like he's at 18, 19 years old. Like he's, he's a serious talent. Like he really, okay. he's just, is there anything, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's, that's it. Like, he's just a serious player. Is there anything you've been able to ask or pick up off him at all? Any tips or advice? Oh, yeah, no, no. I'd always ask him. Like, I'd be like, why did you do that certain thing? Like, I don't I don't care like, if I, I'm 21 years old. I don't care. I still have a lot to learn. I'm not afraid to ask someone who's younger than me. Like, because he's been playing the game longer than me. He knows a bit more things about American basketball than me. I'm not scared to ask him a question. Like, though, I don't care if it was like a new one of the first when I was 17 years old like I want to know what my teammates think and so if I ever go into court with him we can be on the same wavelength yeah I love that I actually heard something recently it was more towards coaching or towards chatting to your coach than teammates but it was if you ask me a question it's not that you don't know what's going on it's that you're actually willing to learn so if you're asking me a question that's actually a good thing because I coach Gaelic football so I actually don't like if you ask me a question I'm delighted because then I know you actually want to learn yeah it doesn't matter like if it's like the coach might spaz on you for a second because you should know that but at the same time they're like okay he's he's trying not to make this mistake again like yeah they'll get they might get annoyed they're like you should know this is what you're doing but at the same time they're like okay if he did this without asking the question he, the anger would be so much worse yeah like, yeah exactly like exactly. don't go in acting like you know what you're doing like that was what we're always told it's like don't go like we're like running plays like five on oh and they're like okay let's run fist like if you pretend like you know what you're doing like you and you'd mess it up you're, you're gonna get a lot more trouble than if you just go hey coach what what am i meant to do in this play and then he'll be yeah. like you should know but you don't mess it up so it's not as bad uh, looking towards next season and beyond, what's the kind of goal individually and as a team looking towards the 2021-22 college season? Make the tournament, win the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. That's our goal. There's no goal we're setting less for. Like That's our goal. Make the Mountain West tournament and win that and then win the, like make the NCAA tournament. 
like individually oh sorry go ahead yeah no, I, I honestly think with the team we have this year we could really win the mountain west which is the okay. win right now individually do you have any particular goals or are you just kind of focused on kind of staying in the moment staying in the present i just i want to help my team win that's my goal help my team win whatever way i can do that i'm willing to do that like very good this is my team like this is my family i'm going to help them win in any way i can uh, we had a question in from Matthew on Instagram. What advice would you give your younger self on preparing for college basketball? Preparing for college basketball? You can never do enough. Never do enough. Never become satisfied with what you're doing and never get bored of the fundamentals. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Kobe Bryant, one of the best players. Like, there's always stories you hear about him in the gym doing the most boring workouts. But look where it looked. He's, he ended up being a top five player in most people's opinions. Like, like yeah. yeah, you can work on the fancy stuff as well, but if you don't have the boring stuff down, there's no point in working on the fancy stuff. Definitely. Out of interest, how do you strike a balance between constantly improving and, as you said, you can never do enough, and but trying, like, kind of preventing kind of burnout? Rest. Rest is huge. Like... You can spend all the time you want on your phone, but like you need your sleep, you need your rest. Like, like we have the facilities here. Like we have ice tubs, we have a hot tub. Like we have Normatech boots, which are compressions for your legs to help them recover better. Like that's huge. Like it's big. Like if you have any nagging pain, which I learned the hard way, just deal with it. Like get mm. go go seek help for it. Like. There's no point in trying to play through an injury and make it 10 times worse because in my experience, I did that and it was the stupidest thing I've done. It made me sit out 17 games on my first season at Division One, And honestly, it put me at jeopardy of never playing basketball again. Like, it's just... So, like, okay. that would be a big thing, like, because I didn't rest. I should have rest. Like, I got my sleep, but sleep isn't the only rest. It's stepping away from basketball as well sometimes mm-hmm. like they always tell you get in the gym anytime you want but at the same time you can't always be in the gym because your body won't recover your body yeah. needs to recover to get better it needs definitely yeah you have to give it that time out of interest is there any way do you kind of switch off mentally from basketball and you kind of take that break um I don't think I'd ever fully switch off from basketball. Yeah, there's times I take like a step back, but I'd never fully switch off. Not because I don't want to, it's just that it's always in your head. Like it always will just pop into your head at some stage. But it's just being around some of the mates, like it's just talking to the family, talking to the mates back home, just being with some of the teammates here. Just mm-hmm. like you take take a step away from it. Like you don't always have to be solely focused on basketball like you need you need something else to occupy some time in your life whether yeah. that's family or just maybe just sit back and watch a movie like something like that just do something different yeah because it's hard to sometimes strike a balance when you're so engulfed and involved and then you kind of recognize i don't know if you've ever had a time where you've recognized oh i'm actually getting i need to take a step back here i need to kind of chill out for my own benefit because there's no point in me burning out now because then, as you said, kind of with your injury, it will take you longer to get back. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, I learned the hard way with my injury. Like, I have to do rehab every day. Like, every day okay. I practice, I'm, I'm in there doing rehab. And it's, it's not something I want to do, but if I was smart about it, maybe I wouldn't have to do rehab every day. Like, because mm. I didn't, like, I took time away from basketball, like, but not as much as I should have. Like, I should have really just gone to our athletic trainer who, like, deals with all the injuries and just been like, look, I can't play on this anymore. Like, I need to I need to chill out for, like, maybe it would have been only one or two days instead of yeah. sitting out for three and a half months. Like, yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. Maybe that's all it would have been. So that's, that's a big piece of advice I give to people. It's like, if you have any sort of injury, just take some time away don't like push through it like there's some injuries you can get through but injury like i had an achilles injury it's not worth it like it's one of the worst injuries to get because if that thing ruptures you might never play again yeah yeah it's an awful injury out of interest how did you deal with being out for three and a half months kind of with the mental side of things 
I I'm not gonna lie, I took a took a bit of a toll at the start. Like I was I was I was like upset because I, I was mad at myself for letting it happen again. Mm-hmm. Because the f- the first time when I had the bone bruise in my foot at Juco, like it wasn't something I could really prevent. Like it just it kind of happened. Like, it was very yeah. quick. They think someone just landed on my foot and it just messed it up. It was okay, yeah. But the Achilles one was just constantly nagging me. I was mm. just mad at myself because it was like I was just like, damn, like I like I was lucky to not tear it, but I was like, if I if I just wanted to be any more stupid, like kept playing, I might have tore it. That would have put me out for over a year. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a rotten injury. Like I was just I just got really annoyed at myself at times. Like it wasn't like instant, but there was just random times like I'd see them practicing or we'd be on an away trip and I'd see them like maybe like struggling in a game or something I'd be like I could really be on that court and maybe I could make a difference maybe I couldn't but it's the thought that I can't even be there to try and make a difference I was just pissed yeah we were speaking there before we hit record that you're back practicing now how good does it feel now that you're back playing after sitting out for three and a half months oh when I got back in April I was was delighted I was like yeah it was just it was great just being back on the court again like I was like, I slowly started working my way back, like into like doing little drills and stuff with coaches outside of practice. But when yeah. I was able to step on the court again with the team, like I didn't care how bad or how rusty or how out of shape I was. Like it's just, just the like it really just like it like it instilled like the love I have for this game. Like, it was just I was like, okay, yeah, this this is something I really want to play. Like so, I was just so happy to be able to get back. Yeah, I'd say so. We're going to move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every podcast. Uh, question one, what is your favourite quote? Uh, live every day to the fullest, never live a day thinking you could have done more. Who said that? It was, it was honestly just a mix of little quotes I put together. Like it's just okay. it's something that I like to just do. Like I don't do it every day, but it's something I keep reminding myself I need to do. Okay, cool. Do you have it on like your phone or a notebook yeah, or something? Or on my phone, I have it on my phone. Okay. It's like it's just there in my notes, and I just look at it. And it's just something that reminds me every day that I just don't take it for granted. Just keep going. Okay, that's cool. Uh, best sporting event you've been to? Uh, probably when I went with my dad to see uh, New York Knicks and Indiana Pacers. Yeah, it's like a show, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I went to my dad a couple of years ago, and I just seen I seen them both play, and it was great. Like it was a great yeah. experience getting to see them play. Out of interest, uh, from an individual point of view, what's the best sporting event you've been involved in? I've been involved in probably my first year I was going. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I played in it. I didn't like have much like involvement in terms of like the whole like event event, but just that, just being part of the Euros team. Like that was probably the best sporting event. Just European Championships was great. Biggest setback or challenge so far in your career? My Achilles. My yeah, we've spoken about yeah, there. Yeah, that's 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 my biggest one. Like I don't think any anything can top that because I'm not going to be stupid like that again. Yeah, yeah, you've learned you've learned from it. <laughs> uh, kind of on the flip side, then you kind of spoke about it though. Your biggest achievement on or off the court? Representing my country. That's yeah. my biggest achievement. Like. Uh, that's that that's gonna be it for a long time like of course like like when like a division one level making a pro team but like getting to wear an irish jersey like i have it in the background there like getting to wear an irish jersey, it's, it's huge it's an honor like it's not something many people get to do to represent their country at any stage what's it like when the anthem's playing honestly like when i first heard it like in kosovo like, i heard it when we played wales but hearing it in kosovo like it was it was a whole different experience. Like okay, that's that's the country's anthem playing. Like you're there with your whatever your twelve, fifteen lads, all ready to just go at it. Like just go yeah. go, go to war for each other, really. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it's special, all right. Um, advice to your eighteen year old self: Never be satisfied. There's always okay. never be satisfied. Never. Were you? At a younger age, was that something that you kind of struggled with or was that always? No, like I, I never was satisfied, but it's just advice I'd always just give myself. Like there's always another step you can go to. Like I can make a pro team, but 
okay, that might be in Europe. Why can't I make the NBA? Now, why can't I be one of the better players? It's always just never be satisfied. There's always more I can achieve. Um, dream dinner guest and why? Dream dinner guest. Um, probably probably go with LeBron or Giannis, maybe. One of them. What would you ask LeBron out of interest? What he did. Like, how, how did he become the player he is? Like, yeah. The steps he took would be the same for Giannis. Like, how did he become that player? Yeah. I wonder how LeBron keeps injury free i know he was kind of injured this yeah. year but like in fairness he's like nearly 40 like <laughs> he's played 17 seasons without a serious injury like yeah. i heard he put it's him, mad he took millions into his body every year but not all of us have that luxury to do that but even before like when he was in high school everything like what well, what did he do just to become the player he was like yeah yeah that'd be that'd be a good conversation uh last question if your life was a book what chapter would this be called uh um it's a hard one now i was thinking about that when you showed it to me i don't know the recovery the recovery definitely so we've big things to expect now no pressure i'm trying to live up to them expectations that's my goal love it love it so owen look thank you so much for your time just want to wish you the best luck next year with the season with everything with your injury hopefully you're you're flying again soon and uh we'll keep in touch of course thank you very much for having me on it's been a pleasure a massive thank you to owen for joining me today i thoroughly enjoyed our chat and i hope you got something from it i'll be sure to leave owen's links in the description box below and i just want to wish him the very best of luck next season this is all part of the green army abroad series where we hear from irish basketball players around the globe if there was someone you'd like to hear from be sure to let me know over on instagram or twitter at the sideline life I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll catch you in the next one.